Man, you're getting killed out there. Tell me about it. I feel like Rocky after 15 rounds with Apollo Creed. Speaking of Rocky, did you know that Sylvester Stallone wrote the first draft of the movie in only three days? Did you know that Sylvester Stallone permanently flattened out his knuckles from punching the side of beef? What about Burgess Meredith? He had lived his line in the audition, which landed him the role of Mickey. Or that a destitute Sylvester Stallone turned down $350,000 because the studio didn't want him starring in it? Well, you can find this out and much, much more by listening to Rocky Minute, the fan podcast that covers the Rocky movies one minute at a time. You can find us on DuelingGenre.com. Now get back out there and knock this bum out. Dueling Genre. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Protagonist Podcast, where each week we look at a great character in a great story. I'm Joe Dorowski. And I'm Todd Mack. And this week we are discussing characters from the sitcom Little Mosque on the Prairie. Oh, Canada. <laughs> this is a, uh, another Canadian uh, TV series we've previously talked about, Corner Gas, right? And then several other odd and ends in the uh, coming from Canada. This was a suggestion from a listener, Megan. So thank you, Megan, for suggesting this. I just feel like we should be getting some kind of uh, like subvention from the uh, Canadian government for all of the propaganda that we're doing. <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> it's not too terribly regular, Todd. <laughs> Once every several months, we touch on something coming from Canada. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's uh, it's pretty regular. I, I mean, That's I don't it. know. They've got, they've got deep pockets. We had a vinyl cafe. We had, uh, uh, let's see, Flavia Deleuze. She was... that, that uh, the bottom Canadian, of the pie. Sweet Sweet the bottom Canadian of the pie English. Was, was Canadian. Well, I mean, the author was Canadian. Uh, let's see, Corner Gas and... Um, what else have we done? I know there's one other. Oh, Life of Pi was a Canadian author as well. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I feel like we did we do more and more even more recent than that? I think the most recent was the Vinyl Cafe, the radio show. I think there was another one. Is the uh the the alchemy one, the um the the Blackthorn Key? Is that one Canadian? Oh, it may be. We'll get back to that, listeners. <laughs> when Todd's doing the long summary, I will I will look into that one. <laughs> All right. Well, as we just said, uh, we are talking about Little Mosque on the Prairie. And specifically, we're going to be talking about two episodes. The pilot episode, which is titled Little Mosque, which was written by Zarka Nawaz, Lara Ray, and Rebecca Schechter. And it was directed by Michael Kennedy. And that episode aired on January 9th, 2007. And we're also talking about the fourth episode from the first season, which is titled Swimming Upstream. And that was written by Zarka Nawaz and Susan Alexander and directed by Michael Kennedy. And that aired on February 6, 2007. The main cast of the series, uh, or, or the main characters, are Yasir Hamoudi, who is played by Carlo Rota, and his wife Sarah, who is played by Sheila McCarthy, his daughter Rayan, who is played by Sitara Hewitt, and the local imam, who is... Uh, named Amar Rashid, who is played by Zaib Sheikh. Uh, that's S-H-A-I-K-H. Sorry if I mispronounced that. And there's also um, a conservative Muslim member of uh, their community who is named Babar Siddiqui, who is played by Manaj Sood. And there's a cafe owner named Fatima, who is played by Arlene Duncan. And that's kind of the main, main cast of characters there. And I apologize if I mispronounced any of those names. 
So uh, typically at this point, we talk about how we came to it. For me, that was uh, listener Megan recommended that we do this show. And this week I watched a couple episodes of Little Mosque on the Prairie. This is uh, the first time I had seen any episodes was in preparation for this. Todd, is that the same story for you? That's exactly the same story for me. Um. This, uh, I guess, uh, I can jump down to the trivia and, and just touch on this. Uh, the show has been broadcast in 83 countries, but it's never been like on, uh, from what I saw, on the actual airwaves in America, though you can stream it on Hulu here. So it didn't have, um, for us, you know, a station like do airing commercials for it in syndication or anything like that, um, where we might have caught, um, caught it more. But it has been broadcast in 83 countries. So that's a pretty wide huh. dissemination and uh, penetration into the world culture for Little Mosque on the Prairie. I, I don't think our podcast has been listened to in 83 countries. <laughs> at this I don't, point. So. <laughs> don't know what the numbers say on that. Todd. <laughs> Uh, so I, I tip my cap to a show that has that kind of reach. Um, though also worth noting in 2008, um, the Fox broadcast company in America optioned the rights to do an American version, uh, but nothing was ever developed, uh, based, based on little mosque in the prairie. So now I guess I'll go ahead and jump into the other trivia that I have for the series. It was created by Zarka Nawaz, who is a Canadian filmmaker, writer, journalist, and broadcaster. And her family is of Pakistani origin. And she grew up in Toronto, Canada. Um, like the show that we've already covered from Canada, Corner Gas, this is a Canadian sitcom that is set in a fictional small town in Saskatchewan. And this small town is named Mercy, whereas the one in Corner Gas was named Dog River. Uh, the series ran from 2007 to 2012 and had six seasons and 90 episodes. And... Uh, while the series does not shy away from Muslim themes and the fact that many of its main characters are Muslim, uh, Nawaz always said that its primary function was to be funny, not to be political or uh, informative about the Muslim community. It was just a sitcom that was supposed to be funny that happened to um, be set around a small Muslim community in a small town in Canada. Before we move on, listeners, we want to thank each and every one of you for listening to this episode, and we would especially want to thank all of you who support us on Patreon. If you would like to support us financially, we invite you to go to patreon.com slash protagonist and support our show with at least a dollar a month. All supporters on Patreon at any level receive access to our special quick casts, which are shorter episodes in which we break down newly released films and trailers and give updates on our fantasy box office, and we release those monthly. All patrons who support us with $5 or more per month get to choose a topic for us to discuss discuss and now todd is going to have a, our long summary of these two episodes okay so we're going to detailed summary i don't know how long these are going to be uh not 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 too long uh okay so the pilot uh starts it's a beautiful morning and the muslims all show up at a christian church and um they are all happy because they are they have their own mosque and the imam whose name is Babur. Uh, is very against Western culture. He's uh, very conservative. And a white woman uh, named Sarah, who is uh, in the congregation, uh, she's with her daughter, uh, Rayanne. And they seem kind of um, not super excited about the um, the conservative views of Bobber. <laughs> <laughs> he's saying... He's saying uh, that Desperate, wi Desperate Housewives is terrible. Um or oh no, he says, "What's wrong with desperate? Uh, what's wrong with why are why are the desperate housewives all desperate if they're just fulfilling their um, their duties as women?" And then uh, and then Sarah looks at Rayanne and says, um, "You know, did you record it so we can watch it later?" <laughs> um, 
And uh, and then uh, real quick, my favorite part of this uh, sermon is what he says the enemy isn't just without the enemy is in our very kitchen, kitchen, rye bread, licorice. These are all the Western world trying to make us <laughs> you know, consume alcohol. Yes. American Idol, Canadian Idol. <laughs> we, we must destroy the idols. Uh, so um, then the the so Sarah's husband and Rayanne's father, Yasser. Uh, he's there and he says, don't worry, we're going to have a new imam soon. And that new imam is a guy named Amar. He's a young Muslim from Toronto and he's on the way out to the prairie, but he gets detained at the airport because the security guides, guards misinterpret essentially everything that he says. Uh, and then a, um, a, a, a non-Muslim guy shows up at the church and he sees these Muslims praying and he gets really scared. And so he runs away uh, to tell the priest and the priest says, oh, yeah, um, I, I'm renting out the church to a construction company um, because Yasir has actually told the priest that he is doing this because of his construction company. He does have a construction company, but he's also uh, planning on running a mosque from inside of there uh, because he's tried and nobody in town will rent him any space. Um, so then uh, Sarah, uh, who is Yasir's wife, um, she argues with uh, Fatima, who is a Muslim woman from uh, abroad, um, about what they're going to eat for Ramadan, because Sarah wants to make cucumber sandwiches. But Fatima is against this because it's not traditional. She wants stewed goat. Uh, and then this the suspicious white guy from earlier who had uh, who had walked in while they were praying, um, he shows up, and Yasir tries to convince him that they're just a construction company, but. <laughs> Uh, and that they're not a mosque, but then Bobber shows up and tells him, hey, I just had this great idea. We can use the washroom to prepare the dead bodies. And then the guy just runs away scared. <laughs> um, back at the airport, the security guys are misinterpreting, uh, continue to misinterpret everything that Amar says. Uh, he says, let's just call the mosque to verify that this is where I'm going. I'm going to this small town, Mercy. Uh, we'll call the mosque. So they call the mosque and the answering machine picks up. And it's Yasir's advertisement for his construction company saying, we will blow away the competition. And the police are not excited about this. So, <laughs> blow away the competition. Uh, so on the radio, uh, there's a radio guy. His name is Fred. And he interviews the suspicious guy uh, about how the Muslims want to destroy their community. And then the mayor uh, confronts Sarah because Sarah works in the mayor's office. And she says, you've got to talk to your husband about what's going on because this is turning out to be a scandal. And now you're involved. So I'm involved. Uh, because, you know, I'm, I'm the mayor and you, you work for me. So Sarah says, okay, I'll I, I just want to say the, the radio host, just think um, the most like conspiracy spewing, super conservative kind of radio show that you can imagine. And you're right on, right on point yeah. with what you're imagining. Yeah. So, uh, so they go to the mosque. Um, oh, so she goes to talk to Yesir and he says, don't worry, I'm going to clear everything up. We're going to go to the mosque. We'll, we'll pick up Amar, the new imam. So they go to the, to the mosque to pick up, uh, Amar, and just as they're getting there, a reporter also shows up, and he starts asking Amar a bunch of questions like, are you a terrorist? <laughs> and then uh, everything that Amar answers, again, it continues to be misunderstood. Uh, at, at at Fatima's cafe, um, she's, she's talking with Amar, this is a little bit later, and uh, she's not impressed with him because he does not look like any mom. She's, very, she's also very traditional. Um, she says, you don't look like any mom, you look like a kid. Uh, now back at the mosque, Babur is mad at Yasir, who he, he says is too secular and that, uh, he's bringing this whole scandal to the town. 
And Amar says he's going to clear it up. And he tries to do so by going on the radio. Uh, but Fred ambushes him and everything gets worse. And uh, and so Amar says, you know what? I'm just going to leave. I'm going to go back to Toronto. But then Rayan, uh, Yassir's daughter, shows up and convinces Amar to stay. She says, I've dreamed of, of you coming here uh, to help modernize the mosque. So... so <laughs> Speaking of modernizing the mosque, everyone is fighting about when when to start Ramadan. Uh, Bobber wants to look through a telescope. Yasir wants to just look online to see when the moon will come up because uh, because Ramadan, uh, the beginning of Ramadan is uh, in conjunction with the with the rising of the moon. Um, and uh, Amar, Amar kind of helps them uh, solve this. And then the priest shows up. And uh, Yasir thinks that they're going to be evicted, uh, but it turns out that he just has a new contract that lets them have um, all of their, what, what does he call multicultural activities or something like that? Yes, he says, says, I, I, I don't want a lease that says that you're running a business when you're also running a mosque, basically. So this is a new updated lease. Yeah. So it's a, like a cool move by the priest. And, uh, and now it's Ramadan and they're all breaking their fast and Sarah brings her cucumber sandwiches and Fatima brings her stewed goat and the mayor is there and the priest is there and everyone's happy and Amar decides that he's going to stay. End of, end of uh, the pilot. Real quick, uh, one of my favorite jokes about small town Saskatchewan in this was when Amar says, all right, I'm just going to solve this. When I see the moon rising, that's when we'll, we'll start. And then he goes up on the roof and he, he's like, when does the sun set here? <laughs> Because it's it's you know well into night and yet the sun is still just right there on the horizon. <laughs> okay, so season one, episode four is called "Swimming Upstream." So uh, Fatima is working in her cafe and she falls and she hurts her knee. And Fred, the radio guy, tries to help her, uh, but but Fatima is upset because a man isn't supposed to touch her, and so she punches him in the nose. And then Rayan uh, comes to help, and because Rayan's a doctor, and she tells Fatima, "You have a, a, a sprained knee." So for her rehab, she's supposed to go to the pool for a, a, uh, a water exercise class, like water aerobics class. So she goes with, uh, with Rayan, um, but when they get to the, to the swimming pool, they find out that it's a man that teaches the class, and they can't be seen in their bathing suits by a man, and so they have to leave. And the man tells them, uh, don't worry, he's, he's gay, so there's nothing to worry about, but um, that, that's not okay for them. So then, uh, <laughs> so then Rayan and her mother... Uh, Sarah, they go to the mayor, um, and Sarah works in the mayor's office to see if they can get a female lifeguard uh, for the swimming pool so that there can be an all-female swim time. And the mayor tells them if they can get 150 signatures on a petition, then they'll get a lifeguard. And meanwhile, there's some debate uh, between a couple of the kids. So it's Fatima's son and Bobber's daughter, and they're fighting about whether, they, whether or not they can go trick-or-treating. Bobber won't let his daughter go. Uh, but Fatima's okay with her son going until Bobber's daughter tells her that her father says only bad Muslims let their kids go. And now Fatima is mad at Bobber. Uh, so Amar sits down. Uh, he wants to prepare his sermon. So he's put a do not disturb sign on the outside of his door like a hotel. Um, and then Bobber just barges in uh, to recommend, recommend, like quote unquote, uh, to Amar that he talked to the people in his next sermon about the evils of Halloween. And Amar looks annoyed, but he agrees uh, to think about it. So now back in the mayor's office, the mayor and Sarah sit down to look at the budget, but it doesn't look like there are any funds. So the mayor says that she's going to spend uh, 
the money that it, she so she says if they get 150 signatures on this petition then i'll take away the money that we were going to spend on you to go to this conference in china um and i'll just go by myself to china and now sarah is not so sure that she wants this petition to go through because she doesn't want to lose her trip to china so ran uh, encourages fatima to gather signatures by denying people food if they don't sign and fatima says it reminds her of elections in the old country uh, Sarah goes back to the pool and sh now she's trying to get women to not sign the petition. Um, but, uh, it's not really working very well. Uh, Rayan goes to Amar and asks him to support the petition in his Sunday sermon. So she barges into his office while he's trying to study. And, uh, and she says, you've got to, you've got to tell the women to support the, the petition. So back at Fatima's cafe, the, the mayor gloats over her upcoming trip, uh, to China. Uh, she's gloating to Sarah. And then Fred shows up and he's about to sign the petition because he's excited to see a female lifeguard <laughs> because that's what they tell him. Well, you know, we, we have this petition so that they'll, they'll hire a female lifeguard. And he's like, oh, yes, this is awesome. And then he's about to sign it. And then Sarah tells him, yes, please sign it because it will be so good for the Muslims. And now that Fred knows that this is what the Muslims want. Uh, now he's concerned that it's part of a conspiracy. See, he doesn't want the the Muslims dictating hiring policies for the city, and so now he's against he's against them. <laughs> so at the at the mosque, uh, Fatima is carving pumpkins with her son and with Babur's daughter, and then Babur shows up and they get in a big fight because Babur doesn't like uh, Halloween. He says that it's of the devil, and then Amar comes out and says this is his mosque. And we're going to follow my rules. He says, Halloween is not a Muslim holiday, so we're not going to celebrate Halloween. We're going to make our own Muslim version of Halloween called Halaloween. <laughs> Which, I, think my favorite, I think my favorite joke of these episodes. <laughs> and I'm so glad that I wrote the summary just so that I could say the word Halaloween because... <laughs> It's amazing. Uh, so he says, everyone will dress up as non-human figures from the, from the Quran, which there are only two, apparently, the fig and the olive. Um, <laughs> he says, of course, the kids can't go out by themselves, so Bobber has to go with them. So that night, Bobber takes the kids out trick-or-treating. The boy is dressed as a fig, and the girl is dressed as an olive. And Bobber is just dressed in himself, but everything he's, everybody thinks he's dressed as Bin Laden. <laughs> <laughs> so they keep telling him like oh your costume is amazing is your beard real <laughs> uh, and it turns out that he ends up loving Halloween uh, because everybody gives him candy and he loves the candy and then he loves just running around <laughs> scaring kids <laughs> because he's dressed like Bin Laden uh, so now Rayan is convinced that her mother convinced Fred to go against the petition which is exactly what happened and now Sarah fesses up and Rayan is uh, super upset and she speaks to Amar, and he encourages her to pray. He says, you need to go and pray and soften your heart. And she apologizes um, for taking him away from his spiritual time, but he tells her uh, that it's all spiritual. And this is actually um, counsel that he had received from the priest earlier. So he was, he was complaining to the priest that nobody would let him be uh, in, you know, in solitude so that he could study and do the spiritual things. And the priest says, you know what, everything that you're doing is spiritual because he's you know, counseling with people. So, uh, so then Rayan uh, leaves and she goes into the mosque and she prays and right in the middle of her prayer, the pool pump dies and it turns out it's going to cost $10,000 to fix it, which is exactly what they were going to use uh, to pay for the new lifeguard. 
Um, and so now they're, they are not going to have a lifeguard. And Sarah's still not going to go to China because the mayor is going to use Sarah's China money uh, to pay for the pump. And now Fatima goes back to the pool. Um, and because there isn't a female uh, lifeguard, she is dressed in a full, like a full suit that covers her whole body with the hood and everything. And, uh, and the gay lifeguard tells her she looks great. Like, you rock that. <laughs> and she's like flat, kind of flattered by it. <laughs> and then they all, uh, they all go get in the pool. And they do their dance class, do some salsa music. And back home, Sarah and Yasser and Rayon make peace. The end. Oh, good summary, Todd. Thanks. Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I knew that one was coming. Producer Andrew did not. He got a big laugh out of <laughs> you revealing Halloween. <laughs> I uh, I really like that part. And I love Bobber. I like I, I love Bobber um, enjoying Halloween, even though he's, well, Halloween, even though he's kind of not supposed to. I love all the jokes about his costume. Uh, it's It's pretty great. All right. Uh, so uh, neither Todd nor I knew any much about this going in other than the title, Little Mosque on the Prairie. And I looked up uh, as I was researching it for the trivia and everything. I came across a couple um, articles when the show was ending in 2012, I think it was. Yeah. And I looked at them and, and the two articles I looked at both kind of said the same thing, which is this show got like a lot of fanfare and buzz when it premiered because it was going to, you know, it was it was doing something that TV wasn't doing at the time, right? And presenting a Muslim mm-hmm. community uh, in a sitcom setting at all. Uh, but the, both articles were kind of like, but it, yeah, it, it just kind of became like every other sitcom. And they were really disappointed in that. <laughs> um, and at the same time, I'm kind of like, that's actually kind of impressive. That's to the me point. That, yes, that this could just be a normal sitcom that is revolving around a Muslim community. And, and they both kind of said like, Oh, this was a, you know, a big deal. Cause apparently this was like covered on CNN in America when the show was premiering in Canada. Uh, like they cited all the news that the show got worldwide with just because it was premiering and was called little mosque on the prairie. Uh-huh. And then they, they, they just both voiced some like frustration that it just kind of became a normal sitcom. <laughs> and, and I think that's, like you said, that's kind of the point of this show. Yeah. I mean, I, it's it's kind of a normal sitcom, except that it's. Uh, I I was surprised. I mean, maybe I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was surprised that like, uh, you know, seeing a, a person in a in what I understand was like a pretty mainstream sitcom. Somebody they go and they talk to their priest, and the priest is like, "You should go pray," and they're like, "You know what? I am going to go pray." And then they go and they pray, and it was like treated very respectfully <laughs> and they go pray and a miracle happens, or, you know, like some divine thing happens right in the middle of the prayer. And I was like, this is uh, awesome. <laughs> I really liked it. Um, and I, I wonder if um, because it's Muslim, if they, uh, I don't know if they, if they felt more comfortable just addressing the spirituality of things um, more openly than they, than mm-hmm. they would in, in other settings. I don't know. Uh, it just like it tonally, it felt a little bit different, um, but felt very like, I don't know, conservative. And um, I mean, like, like religiously conservative. Uh, and I thought that was interesting. Yeah, um, I'm going to read a little quote from Wikipedia because this summarized some of like what I was thinking about and it did it really well. I've only been exposed to these two episodes. These are the only ones I've seen. Um, but I was kind of like had some ideas going about 
how the different characters kind of were presented, both the Muslim and the non-Muslim characters. And then as I was reading through the Wikipedia article looking for, for trivia, I came across this paragraph. It says, the series sidesteps issues of stereotyping by having characters in both the Muslim and non-Muslim communities who cross the entire spectrum of political opinion. Babur and Fatima, who represent conservative views within Islam, are balanced by conservative radio host Fred Tupper among the non-Muslims, while Amar and Ryan, uh, who represent Islamic liberalism, are balanced by the liberal Anglican Reverend McGee. The more moderate Yasir and Sarah who try to be good Muslims but aren't particularly strongly defined by their faith are balanced among the non-Muslims by Mayor Popowitz who doesn't care what anybody's religious beliefs are so long as they vote for her on election day. <laughs> yeah. I, but I, I, go ahead. When, when you hear that there's a show created by Muslims that's going to be centered around a Muslim community, I think there might be an expectation as an outsider who's like preparing to watch this window into the world that everything is going to be presented as, as strictly positive. But they show a range of the Muslim behavior, yes. right? You know, a, a range of Muslim beliefs. And like the in the very first episode, like Yasir is in trouble for lying, <laughs> you know, and he, he's trying to be a good mother. Like he's, he's doing this for good reasons, but he gets in trouble for lying. Um, and so they like show a range of um, or a spectrum of, you know, where they fall and how conservative or progressive they are within um, Islam but also a whole range of actions. And there are stock sitcom characters that are coming from both the sitcom or, or the Muslim and the non-Muslim side of things within this show. Yeah. And, uh, and they're uh, of course they're aware of stereotype and of course uh, being comedians, they're going to um, lean into stereotype when, you know, on occasion, but it's not, it's not all just jokes about Muslim stereotypes. It's, it really is a sitcom. And mm -hmm. and so there's all kinds of funny situations, and some of them are associated with uh, you know stereotypes like the the airport scene, which I think is very funny, and Amar like trying to make jokes with the security guards, and every joke that he makes is like another uh, reason for them to be suspicious of him. Um, and I, I think that you know that's a kind of humor that, as somebody who is not terribly familiar with Muslim culture, and I'm not reading you know every day. Uh, or, or viewing, you know, Muslim-centric uh, stuff. Uh, but those are things that I would think, yeah, I'm sure that we'll see some of that in this comedy. But there's also, like, the cucumber sandwiches thing. And there's um, there's just a, a million things uh, that don't have really anything to do with stereotypes. It's just people trying to live their lives and uh, people with different um, uh, sets of priorities and um, and beliefs. And trying to navigate like all living together. It's so similar to uh, Northern Exposure, for example. Uh -huh. uh, there's so, so much crossover, I think, with Northern Exposure. And uh, I really liked it. I thought it was um, delightful. Yeah, there's just um, a charm. Now, this isn't uh, doing like we, we've talked about some sitcoms that are like doing different things with the form, like Community, where it's it's like unexpected what you're going to get every week from community mm -hmm. or there are other sitcoms out there like um, Arrested Development that are kind of pushing the envelope of the form. This is not doing that. It's not trying to do that. Yeah. Uh, and there's something just pleasant about having a show that's, you know, going to have characters that I can already tell. Like, I'm going to enjoy spending time with these characters if I were to watch the whole series. Like, yeah. Um, and, and it's familiar enough that even just watching these two episodes, like, I can slip into the rhythms of what's going to be happening on Little Mosque on the Prairie. And, and it's something that would be uh, pleasant to spend time with. Yeah. One of the things that I liked about the show is I, I can't, in two episodes, I can't define a bad guy in this show. And, I mean, I can identify... Um, so, which is not to say that there is no moral compass to this, um, 
because I think that there is, but all of these characters uh, have flaws in some way, and but they're all really trying to be, you know, like good, decent people <laughs> and to get along in this community in the way that they, that they think is best. And even somebody like the mayor who, what, what's her line about um, uh, the truth? Like I, I work with the truth as long as it's my last resort. Yeah, but only as a last resort or something. And you're like, okay, so she's kind of a, uh, I don't want to say broad caricature of a politician. Yeah. Um, but she's there at the end, like at Ramadan, and she's, you know, trying to have a good time with them. And um, and Bobber, who is, like, pretty conservative <laughs> and, uh, and you know, talking about how horrible Canadian Idol is. But, like, he's there in the end, and he's enjoying uh, he's enjoying things. And, like, he even enjoys um, Halloween or Halloween. Um, <laughs> and I just feel like they give, like, they give all of the characters um, work, you know, work to do, like – uh, a flaw in their in their character that they that they're going to try to overcome, um, but they also make them likable, and I think all of the characters in this are likable. Even Fred, like the horrible, you know the the horrible radio guy that's the big conspiracy. Like he's there, he's trying to help Fatima because yeah, when she he has real concern when she's hurt. Yes, <laughs> like he, he immediately like he says he the line right before he's like I've got to run. My radio show starts in ten minutes. Then she falls and hurts herself, and he completely forgets about his job obligation and is around the counter trying to help her up immediately. Yeah, and we know that in his radio show, he's going to go and he's going to be complaining about the Muslims and their conspiracy to take over the city. And, and the she-mayor, which is what he calls her on the radio <laughs> show, apparently. But when Fatima falls, like, he's there and he's trying to help her. And he even, he even like, takes bodily harm from it. She's like, don't touch me. And he's trying to trying to help her out. And so she punches him in the nose. <laughs> I like Fatima. I think she's hilarious. Um, well, and I, I think a good example of this is in that second episode, the swimming upstream when Sarah like is trying to help out her daughter to get the female lifeguard. And then she realizes this is going to cost her to her trip to Europe. Sarah acts very selfishly, but by the end of the episode, you're able to see, um, Oh, what's the daughter's name? I, I'm forgetting. Ray, all of a sudden. It's, yeah. Rayon realizes, well, maybe I wasn't thinking of my mom. Like maybe I was, and I also wasn't thinking of Fatima. Like I, this became, um, you know, like something about me, uh, and about me getting, right. you know, being the one to, to make this happen. And so she also lost sight and, um, it, it, it allows every character to kind of say, well, you know, I, I, I wasn't behaving responsibly. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and, but they are, they're, they're, then they're also able to accept that from the other ones and, you know, accept apologies. And like you said, they kind of come together at the end. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I think it's good writing that you can make a cast that's this full. I mean, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, at least nine pretty main characters. Mm-hmm. And they all feel like real people. And they all have well exaggerated w- versions of real people, right? Like sitcom versions of real people. Well, I, I, yeah. I mean, okay. So, Sarah, I love it when the reporter shows up and he's taking the pictures, and and Sarah is going back and forth between like outrage and trying to get a good shot. Yes. <laughs> like, wait, I, my eyes were closed. Uh, but how dare you? But smile. <laughs> she's so funny. I like that actress. I think she's very good. Um, yeah. <laughs> she's uh what's her uh where is she I uh, sarah is i had it up here sheila uh, sheila mccarthy sheila mccarthy yeah i think she's very funny um she there's like a there's a 
like an understated physicality to the way that she acts that I think is very funny. Um, I, I noticed that too. Like just the way like she'd turn her head at the ends of shots and stuff. It uh-huh. just added a little physical dose of humor that wasn't exaggerated. Yeah, I liked it. Um, so, but but to have a cast that's that big. So you have at least nine main characters. They all are pretty identifiable as, um, you know, like, I mean, you went through, so you have Bobber's the conservative and, uh, and he's mirrored on the other side by Fred and you have the, the mayor and the priest and you have, um, all these different characters that are like, it's pretty identifiable. Okay. These are, this is kind of the outline of who they are. They all have work to do. Um, but we, we kind of like all of them and, Mm -hmm. and we're interested in seeing their interactions, not because there's like good guys and bad guys, but because they're all just kind of trying. And I, I, I just, uh, I think it's really well done. It feels very balanced. Um, it's easy to watch and, yes. uh, and I liked it. And again, I think there could be the temptation when you are trying to represent and, and like uh, with the title, like one of the people are gonna be looking in for a view to an underrepresented and uh, a group, an underrepresented group that has prejudice, you know, regularly and we all sure. you know we accept that and there might be the temptation to like turn them all into you know perfect idealized versions of themselves and the show absolutely avoids that yeah. <laughs> like you said you know these these are all uh people are going to be trying to be good but they're going to have flaws and sometimes they're going to behave selfishly sometimes they're going to make mistakes uh and, and they're not going to be condemned for that this is you know it's going to be create situations where we're going to mine comedy out of it and some of the comedy will come from uh, uh, you know, the Muslim customs at odds with some of the other customs around them. But some of it is just going to be this. This is a sitcom plot that could come from any sitcom. I lost the last part of what you just said. Oh, OK. I said uh, some of this is going to come from the the um, tension of Muslim traditions and customs in a, uh, you know, the non-Muslim community around them. But uh, a lot of it is also just going to be the, the these are some of the tropes that we get from sitcoms and <laughs> it's going to be taking place in this one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I feel like, I mean, this is such a cliche thing, but when they say that something has heart and I, I, that can mean like a million different things, but it's one of the things that I think of when I think of this, like, I feel like there's an, there's a heart here, like a, like a beating heart, like there's real something going on, um, that is human. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I like that. Can we stop and take that apart a little bit more? Because I agree with you, but I, I also want us to try and like work through what does it mean that the show has heart? Uh, I think one part of it is it doesn't have um, the kind of cynicism that can become, or, or you know, is, is it the very postmodern style is you know a uh, humor humor that's rooted in irony or cynicism, and that seems largely absent from this, right? Yeah. Um. Certainly. And. And especially not uh, cynicism for religion. And mm-hmm. I mean, when she goes in to pray, that scene is treated so respectfully. <laughs> and it could have, I mean, there, of course, there's a, you know, an infinite number of ways that they could, that they could do that. But I felt like it was, it was done so respectfully and her go like her going in and talking to a religious leader. And he says, you know what, you should go pray. And she says, you know what? I am going to go pray. And then she, we go in and we see her pray and then the, the pool pump breaks and it becomes the kind of the, the solution to the, the conflict. And I, I'm certain that every episode is not like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there will be a bunch of different ways that 
conflict gets resolved in this. Um, and that was just one of them. But that felt uh, totally true to what was going on um, with the characters. And it, it was uh, not cynical at all. <laughs> and and I, uh, that's great. Yeah, and also um, another aspect of that is the, like the interactions, anything with uh, McGee, Reverend McGee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like you, you, the whole pilot, like you're set up to expect that he's going to come evict them, and mm-hmm. you know that it does the the happier version <laughs> where he's he's going out of his way to be kind uh, to them, but then also his interaction with um, the imam when the imam's kind of like everyone keeps like I'm trying to do my spiritual thinking and. Everyone keeps interrupting me. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, one thing I admire about, um, you know, Muslims is that everything you do is spiritual. You don't leave your spirituality at church. Like, you you carry it out with you um, into into your everyday activities. <laughs> but he also had the, the line where when the guy was complaining, he's like, well, we all have our crosses to bear. And then he pauses, like, well, or, 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 what or whatever. Muslim <laughs> of, of that phrase. <laughs> Which, which I think, in in some ways, that that uh, that joke about like we all have our crosses to bear, it, it this is highlighting kind of coming from the the Christian point of view, uh, some of the the jokes that we get at the beginning, where uh, context matters for some of the language that we use, and because of nine uh, eleven and the prejudice Muslims are facing, like a lot of his language that is completely innocent in other settings or spoken by other people becomes uh, you know frightening for some of the people around him, and it's played for laughs. But you know when he he's flying to this small town and he's, we know he's, he's leaving his job as a lawyer at his dad's law firm. And he's talking on his, to his mom on the phone. And he's like, I didn't just like, I didn't surprise dad with this news. I didn't just drop a bomb on him and I'm not committing suicide. Mom, this is not career suicide for me to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, in that context, you know, the, the people around him were taking something different, but I think it's interesting to see the show, not just like leave it to, to those, but then also bring in like a Christian using, you know, terms that are normal for the, the reverend to be using, but really, maybe that's not appropriate right now uh yeah. you know with the audience um that i'm using or or, or that i'm speaking to but you know that audience matters uh and language and, and colloquialisms are are so interesting to me in, in the way that like things can become normalized in everyday speech but then in just the wrong setting or with the wrong audience suddenly it you know you realize wait maybe i shouldn't be using this phrase yes and uh I mean, I think especially in in this setting, you see the just how fraught language is. <laughs> <It's Yes>. really... <laughs> I mean, this is a more serious and somber version of this. But one time, my my wife Emily, her her dad died in a car accident when she was in college, um, and she she talked to me once. I can't remember how this came up or in the conversation, but it's kind of stuck with me ever since that when. Uh, like in the weeks following, this was before I met her. Um, but like when she, when she went back to college, like she had to sometimes like stop herself from being frustrated with people who were using everyday turns of phrase where like they were talking about having a hard test and said, I just want to die. And right. like, you know, she's like, I know that they're not trying to be offensive and they're not trying to be insensitive. But to me right now, like that, that hits in a, in a way that the language that she has used before and that is used every day by thousands and thousands and thousands of people um, in the, with that one particular audience at that time in her life, you know, that that language had a different meaning for her. Um, and I think the show kind of highlights it's interesting. The, the two, like you said, the fraught nature of, of language and the power of language. Right. It's interesting. The two times that we see Amar um, that we see language 
so important for Amar. The one is when he's in the airport and he, he's trying to joke and like everything that he does just turns out wrong. Everything that he says. And then the other time is when he's in the radio interview with, with Fred. <laughs> and Fr- Fred is just using like the worst kind of, I mean, okay, it's the worst kind of PG rated. Um, right. <laughs> like slurs. What's he calling? Buckaroo, Bedouin. And he calls and, him jo- Johnny Jihad. <laughs> what he says, he's like, he's like, so uh, you, you don't want to be called a terrorist? And, and he's like, of course not. And then and he's like, you you object to that term? He's like, yes. And he's like, so you prefer jihadist or something like that? I can't remember yeah. exactly what he says, but, you know, it, it's all this entrapment of, a, you know, around language. Right. And you see, um, I mean, what you were talking about where, you know, like we all have our crosses to bear. And that's something that somebody would say. And it's totally innocent. And then you kind of realize, and you see the, the the priest realize, and he's like, oh my gosh, I probably just said something offensive. And he tries to back out of it, and it's kind of awkward. And that's funny. Like, it's played for laughs, right? And then you see the the other side of this, which is people who intentionally are using language to be inflammatory. And mm-hmm. uh, and to see, like, I love the reactions on, um, on Amar's face. <laughs> When Fred is just dropping like one after the other of these things and his like, he seems like surprised and taken aback and, but also like, like he feels like he's in the twilight zone or something. Like, (laughs) how am I supposed to even engage in this conversation? It's so strange. And, uh, and I think that there's, I think we see both of that kind of stuff happening, um, in, all different kinds of society and uh um you know like there are people who will uh I'm trying to think of an example like okay so um like i'm mormon right and so i know sometimes when i'm talking uh, to people that have not spent a lot of time around mormons that's i can i can tell when i'm talking to somebody who is nervous about talking to me because they don't want to be offensive and so and they'll say something and then they'll be like oh was that okay for me to say? And I'm like, yes, of course, you know, like you're a decent human being and we're just having a conversation. And so I'm not going to be offended by everything that you say. Um, and I, I, so when the priest, when I feel that sense of discomfort with the priest, um, I get that. And I feel that, uh, you know, when I'm dealing with people with whom I'm not accustomed to deal, uh, and I want, I just want to be good, you know, like I want to do right by them. and. I think it's an important part of, you know, living in a, in a society with, um, in a diverse society is trying to balance like being kind with having thick skin <laughs> yes. and right. Like you have to be so kind and aware of the people around you and really try, you know, like try to not just step in it all the time. But also, you just kind of have to have a thick skin and recognize that not everybody's going to see the world the same way you do, and not everybody's going to use the same language that you do or uh, understand words in the same way. And so you kind of have to have thick skin and recognize that every once in a while, somebody's going to say something, and you're just going to have to let it roll off and go with it. And I loved watching that, this little kind of microcosm of that. Uh, One other thing that I also enjoyed was seeing... um Amar, that's the name of the imam, right? Am I getting the name right? Amar? Yes, Amar, yes. Yeah. Uh, in, in the pilot, he fail, like he tries to use comedy to a few situations over and over, and it keeps 
backfiring. But, but the end of the episode is him using comedy successfully to defuse a tense situation. Uh-huh. So, you know, you have in the airport when he's being arrested or, or grilled and he keeps trying to use jokes and each one gets misinterpreted as some sort of terroristic threat. <laughs> um, and then again, when the, uh, the, when he first arrives in the, the like local reporter, the reporter. It, you know, jumps on him and everything like he, he tries to make a couple jokes and it just, none of them are working. Um, and he's kind of had a rough go of it as well with his, his congregation, right? He's, he's offended some of them because, uh, uh, some view him as, uh, well, some because of how they view him. They don't want to accept him. They view him as too young and he, he doesn't have a beard and, and these other issues, but also like he, he keeps talking about Toronto and is upset with the small town that doesn't have the cappuccino he wants. So he has some of his own prejudices, uh, that, that are being worked out. And so he hasn't had a smooth transition to being the imam. Um, but he makes a joke at the very end of the episode, which makes everyone laugh and kind of accept him like to his congregation. I, it's, um, he says something about like the, the trials being used to humble us. And he's felt that he has been humbled, uh, this week because of these trials. And then he kind of says, and if I do say so myself, I, I was very good at being humble. <laughs> something along those lines. Like, <laughs> yes. You know, this, uh, you know, providing that kind of juxtaposition and that, that is, you see everyone in the congregation kind of smile and laugh and it's, it's a moment of acceptance right there near the end of the episode. Yeah. I liked it. And I think that, you know, the idea of using humor to diffuse these awkward social interactions and try and gain acceptance. I think that's um, even though the creator said like the whole point of this is to be a sitcom, it's not to be a political platform or, uh, or anything like that. I think that is part of the premise of, you know, or or one of the hopes of using this, uh, this sitcom is to kind of make everyone more comfortable. Well, and the fact that by the end of it, everybody was like, Oh, it's just a regular sitcom. It's like, Yes, <laughs> we did it, right? We used comedy to diffuse a situation that in, initially had everybody on pins and needles and everybody talking about it and how is this going to go? And in the end, it was like, it's a sitcom. It's funny. And uh, there's like great characters and they're doing interesting things. And uh, that's awesome. And, but it's not, you know, it's not like, uh, I don't know, a revolution. It just, it just kind of, uh, comes in and you say this is different <laughs> and then you go yeah but it it feels good and so you know let's like let's go with it <laughs> just uh i i think uh, amar as you're describing him is is sort of a um, uh like a stand-in for the the show in general mm-hmm. yeah I, I i can definitely see that um so there's like you said at the beginning, like there's a lot of characters that they have to balance out though, even just in these two episodes. So spending basically 44 minutes with them, we, I think we all have kind of a, you and I were both able to get a good sense of each one of these characters. In some ways it made me mm-hmm. think of um, corner gas, which is always balancing these six characters in 22 minutes and off, everyone yep. is involved in a plot line and they're never, you never feel an episode really where it's like, well, where were they? Um, and, and for a sitcom with that many characters, that is a tough balancing act. I agree in 20 minutes yeah. <laughs> to, to service that many. And I'm sure with even with nine where there's more, there will be episodes where maybe one of characters is only in one scene, you know, or, or, or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was impressed with this, but were there any characters that particularly stood out for you as like, you know, again, we've only seen two episodes of 90, uh, for the series, but were there any that kind of popped for you more than others? Um, it's a really good question because it is so balanced and there were moments like I really like, uh, Rayanne. I think she's 
I don't know. There's just something about her presence on the screen that I really like. Uh, her interactions with Amar are really good. Her interactions with her mother I, and her I father. Really liked her ma- yeah, her family interactions. Yeah, those are great. Those those scenes when it's uh, Yasser and Sarah and and Rayan. Um, I really like that. I loved her um, like her scene at the pool with Fatima. <laughs> I feel I just feel like she interacts so well and she really is kind of a bridge character. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean it seems to me in a char- in a in a show where you could say pretty much everybody's a main character, she seems sort of more protagonistic. Um but but it may just be because because of where because she's um maybe closer to the middle than the extremes. And also, like you said, she is a bridge between the Muslim and the non-Muslim community because she, she's the right. doctor for everyone. She uh, will like, and even in that pool scene when um, the, the instructor has got a, like uh, Fatima's like, our swimsuits are too revealing. It's like, you're not really anything I want. And then Fatima's like, what does he mean? And she's like, she has to be the one to explain. Well, he's gay. Right. <laughs> and, and like Fatima's not, you know, doesn't get it because it's not part of her. Her Fatima seems more insulated, right? From everything around her. Right. Whereas, um, mm-hmm. Uh, Rayan, is it uh, Rayan or Rayan? Uh, let's see. Rayan. Rayan, that's what it is. Rayan is, you know, completely understands exactly what the lifeguard is is kind of hinting. <laughs> you know, well, he's saying it, but he's using all these euphemisms for being gay, and they're, they're, right. Fatima's completely missing them, but she she gets it immediately. Yeah, and she's very. I mean, I think she's very close um, on that spectrum uh, to Amar. I mean, I think they're both pretty close to the middle in that. Um, I mean, she's she's definitely more uh, devout than her mother. <laughs> uh, doesn't wear a headscarf uh, except when she's in the mosque, and um, you know, like I, I I'm fascinated. I I want Sarah's backstory. <laughs> like I want to know the story of this family and how um, like how Sarah and Yasser got together. Uh, at first, I thought that Rayan was maybe like um, adopted, or maybe this was a second marriage or something for him. But then she clearly says, "Like, was I adopted?" <laughs> because she's just her parents are so different, and she's so different from her mother. Um, but like the dynamic in that family is <laughs> super interesting. Uh, well, and uh, we and, find and, out like Rayanne we really hint. battles all of oh, those different things. We get, we get a hint of some of the backstory when the Reverend uh, comes to the. Um, the Ramadan mm-hmm. he sees her and he says, when I said, I hope to have you back in this church, this isn't what I, what I expected. This is not <laughs> what, what I had in mind. And, you know, she's kind of, kind of says, well, we don't always get, get what we want. <laughs> um, and, but it's not antagonistic, you know, their relationship in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's one thing that other than uh, Fred, the, the radio host, like uh, you don't really see much antagonism, uh, even from these different communities. Well, you see in Baba on the other yeah, side, who is right? They, towards they, they the Western world, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, we don't, I don't think we really see Fred get pulled in to the, to the Muslim community, but I'm certain <laughs> that, that there have to be times when oh, he yes. does. And, uh, it just like, you know, we just like when we see Baba enjoying Halloween, <laughs> I'm sure that Fred, <laughs> I'm sure that Fred will have his moments as well. Um, and, you know, like everybody, everybody's on a journey. But I like Rayanne. I mean, to get back to your question, I like her. I like the way that she kind of straddles and is able to be a bridge between the different, um, the different, uh, I don't know, factions or <laughs> uh, viewpoints. Um, I think she's really important to the way that the story works. 
she's she feels very key to me what about you did you have were the characters that stood uh, out to you? definitely um for for all the reasons that you just said as well and again her family i just really enjoyed um those dynamics of them together and i mean we've already talked about them some but amar it, it's interesting because so much of the show seems premised around like the you know the the uh, view to uh you know a less represented community but he's also doing the outsider coming into the community uh, kind of role even though he's an insider mm-hmm. as a muslim he's an outsider as coming from the big city um you know coming from toronto to the small town and and um is, so we get some of those classic like introduce the town dynamics through the new character that's entering the town he he's our you know our eyes in even as he's going to be a religious leader for that more insulated community um and I, I think he's interesting. I won't be surprised if across the 90 episodes, there's a relationship, a romantic relationship that develops between uh, Rayan and, and Amar. Uh, you know, in, when, when they first meet him, like her mom's kind of like, oh, he's, he's an attractive mom. <laughs> yes. And Rayan's like, uh, yes. And then she even says like, you were yeah, my dream yeah, or something like here, that and he's like that's like, inappropriate uh and she's like nah I, I as as a new imam who's going to help <laughs> modernize <laughs> our mosque yeah I, one of the other things about ryan um that i thought was interesting is um i feel like she's more conservative than both of her parents yes uh and often often you see you know the young one is like trying to rebel against their parents and um and it could have been easy to do that, right? To have uh, two really conservative parents and then have the young one like bucking against that. And there's none of that in the dynamic. And yet it's still super interesting. Yes. Um, and uh, and their relationship seems, you know, authentic. Mm-hmm. And well, so I like that about and her. And you mentioned like her mom doesn't wear the headscarf, but when they're at the pool and the, the male um, instructor walks in, uh, both she and Fatima immediately grab a towel and cover themselves up more fully. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so yeah. even though like she's the bridge, um, she's she, between these two communities, she's not as far into the other community as her mom seems to be. Yeah. And I think she's even more, um, uh, strict in her observance than her father yeah from what we see in these two episodes i I agree with that um like well in the first episode her father's kind of embarrassed (laughs) you know he's trying to hide um you know what what he's doing with the mosque and that he's setting it up Uh um and uh he's there are times where you feel like he's you know he's he's so concerned about the perception of of muslims that he just preferred to not be seen as muslim when it comes to his business practices and other things and she is a doctor who wears the headscarf and you know it's it, it doesn't you know, she she's embracing both both roles, whereas he uh, seems to kind of segment his life a little bit more. It's interesting when the when Bobber is so um, mad when when the whole scandal in the pilot when the whole scandal comes about and um, you have the front page story uh, with Amar coming in and the the reporter writes this kind of inflammatory story about how the the terrorists are going to take over the town or whatever. Um, and Bobber confronts Yasser and he says, this is all your fault. And Yasser's like, what? And he says, he says, you know, here, you're the, you're the secular one. You're the one that's been like trying to uh, blend in with the community. And it's been your mishaps that have caused all of this to happen. And it's true. (laughs) Like Yasser has caused so much of this. And, uh, and also, um, Amar by, you know, unwittingly causing all these misunderstandings. Um, and, and Bobber's basically telling him, if you just own who you are, 
then people will understand us way better. Um, and I think that that's another part of what this show is doing is saying like, you know, if people just can see who we are, um, then it's, it's going to be okay. And, and, and I think it is okay. You know, <laughs> uh, you don't have to hide it. Um, and in fact, being open about it, uh, is a great way to help, you know, people understand it a little bit better and feel a little more comfortable with it. Um, so I, I think that's one of the interesting messages. Yeah. I, I think it goes back to like that interaction with, um, Amar and, and father McGee, like people in general will try and be decent and try and understand. And if they misstep, they'll probably apologize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there will be, you know, jerks, but there's always jerks. And, you know, and I think the show is, is, is don't be the jerk and don't let the jerk rile you up too much. Right. And kind of own who you are and, and trust that that's going to be okay. And like, trust the goodness of the people around you. And I really think that people are good. <laughs> I, I still do. I mean, despite the fact that the world continually tries to tell me otherwise, I still think that people are good and that they're trying hard to be good. And like, I think, you know, maybe it's just cause I live in a small town now, but like, I think people are just, I think people are trying to be nice to each other and they're trying to be good neighbors. And sometimes they say dumb things. And when they do, you just have to kind of let it go <laughs> and, and, and try to be a good neighbor and laugh about things that are funny. And, um, <laughs> my neighbor got really mad at me the other day for something. And, and we just had to, you know, like I went over and I apologized and then we laughed about it and everything's fine now. I think, I hope <laughs> she laughed. So hope, hopefully we're okay. <laughs> Neighbors are a long-term commitment. So hopefully you, that's a good relationship you got going there. Yeah. But I mean, we're from different cultures and uh, I mean, not only like that I'm not natively from Michigan, but she's also not natively from Michigan. She's, um, she's from overseas. And so there was just like misunderstanding about something. And I said, you know, I've, I had no idea. And I, I, there's no way that I could have anticipated your response to this situation because there's just no way. And she, and I was laughing and she was laughing and she was like, you know what? There's no way for me to expect for you to be able to read my mind on this thing. So like, we're good. And then we made peace and move on. So, all right. Well, any final thoughts on Little Mosque on the Prairie? I don't think so. I mean, it's not the deepest thing that we've ever covered. Um, it's just a fun sitcom uh, that has this super interesting element <laughs> element uh, that makes it kind of unlike anything I've mm -hmm. seen. Um, but I really enjoyed. I enjoyed watching it, and I, I think it's well done and deserves praise. yeah i don't think it's one of those shows where it's like I, I must binge the next episode immediately but it was definitely pleasant enough that's like i i would revisit this show 100 percent um and uh it w when i'm looking for something that's just kind of that uh i, I want a light pleasant distraction i could I, I could turn to little mosque on the prairie uh for that very much reminds me of corner gas yes these are definitely yeah in the same in the same uh, ballpark and i do i did recognize the mayor from corner gas was a townsperson in one scene of little mosque on the prairie so Are you serious <laughs> yes. wow not one of the main characters but uh someone someone who pops up semi-regularly in corner gas i spotted uh having a line of dialogue in little mosque on the prairie 
I'm at Corner Gas. That's a funny show. Oh, I love Corner Gas. And uh, maybe we need to find some more Canadian sitcoms. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm open to recommendations. I mean, so far, I feel like we're batting a thousand with, um, with this and Corner Gas and throw in Vinyl Cafe. <laughs> that's some good stuff. There. Yeah. All right. Well, listeners, I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Thank you for joining us for show notes and links to all the other great Dueling Genre shows. You can go to DuelingGenre.com. Also, please subscribe to the Protagonist Podcast in your podcast app of choice. And please leave us a review. That really helps us out. We would like to thank Nick English, who designed our logo, and Scott Tofty, who composed our theme music. If you enjoyed this episode, you may want to go check out episode number 115 when we talked about Corner Gas or episode number 120 when we talked about Parks and Rec. Something about the show also reminded me of Parks and Rec, which is the small town flavor Mm -hmm. of it. You can suggest stories or characters for us to discuss or give us any comments or corrections by emailing feedback at protagonistpodcast.com or also on Twitter. You can follow Protagonist Pod, Todd K. Mack, Jay Dorowski, and our producer Andrew is at Diz Minute. And our Facebook fan page is facebook.com slash protagonistpodcast. We have really good conversations there with our listeners and would love for you to say hello anytime. If you would like to support the show financially, you can buy a topic for us to discuss or show your appreciation with a monetary donation by going to patreon.com slash protagonist. Thanks again for listening and we'll be back next week to discuss another great character in a great story so long so long (laughs) you okay I was about to do the ad read, but then uh, I was going to cough if I started talking. And so I tried to hold off and then there's just (laughs) a long dead silence. (laughs) I I felt like there was uh, something more and then there wasn't. And I, I wish I could have seen you so that I could know that something was going on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Here's a fresh cut for Andrew.